and welcome everybody to Vox Chats, uh, part of Vox Can series on cannabis and cannabis education. My name's Emma Hebert. I'm one of the directors of outreach and events over at Vox Can. And today we'll be talking to a couple of students, Shauna and Noah, about the various health aspects of cannabis. Stay tuned to get all your questions answered. I'm Shauna. My name is Noah. I know cannabis pretty well. I've known about cannabis my whole entire life, basically, because uh, I didn't live in the greatest neighborhood. But so I, I know a lot of the effects and stuff like that. I've learned a lot about it. Um, well, all I learned about it is like you can, you can be depressed. Um, you, you can be a lot anxious. There's CBD um help you to relax but i know there's some bad effects on your brain but i don't know what is it exactly um and that's pretty much about it um what i've like figured out well figured out what i've heard about uh cannabis use on uh, the effects on psychological effects it was like uh, schizophrenia. You can develop schizophrenia from doing like too many psychoses or like bad trips, um, as people know it by. Otherwise, you can be more depressed. Well, it also depends if you're taking CBD or THC or if you're taking both, because that does have a pretty big impact. Like CBD, it'll actually relax your anxiety. It'll like it'll uh, ease the depression, and it's also used to help you get rid of THC addiction. Like when you're addic- addicted to weed, what's hard to like quit about it is the THC normally. Well, in certain for certain people, I guess, probably. So um, what happens then is that uh, they can use CBD to treat, like they, to get off, ease off the THC. So they still get a high without actually getting like a bad high necessarily. And uh, so, yeah, sometimes people will do that. So, like, there there are benefits. It also, like, that's, that's like, it depends on very much on both uh, if you're taking THC or CBD. Um, I know people who smoke both, but I also know, like, they, they, like, let's say if they're anxious already, they won't go ahead and smoke a THC joint. They'll probably just take, like, a joint of CBD and smoke that instead, so they they don't get like like negative effects on their anxiety. Um, on the physical health, I know that it's not necessarily the greatest for your lungs. Um, like you can cough afterwards, and like but like you'll cough out mucus. That's really disgusting. It's like dark color. So it's like you got a lung infection kind of thing, but like you're not sure. That's nasty. And then um, you, you can also like get like, when you're consuming cannabis, you can also get like body high or you can even puke sometimes. It's happened to me in the past once. And like, it was really not fun. It was like as if my body wasn't in like I, like taking it in well. Like it made me sick, and like 
I, I don't know. It was really weird because like that's never happened to me before. But like at the same time, it's the only explanation I have. So I kind of went with that logic. But yeah, like the body literally kind of tried rejecting it, I guess. And that happened. Um, so yeah, like also depends if you're smoking sativa or indica. Like personally, I don't know why, but whenever I smoke indica, I get these really bad migraines right after. And like, that's really not fun. But when I smoke sativa, I don't get those. So that's great. Um, it's like as if I was doing it, like I have an intolerance towards like, I have a, you know, not an intolerance, yeah, an intolerance towards indica. Um, but yeah, that's like, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for sharing. Um, I mean, you guys both kind of, kind of mentioned like some, some psychological, but as well as like physical kind of things like psychosis or, you know, feeling, feeling anxious. Um, so do you think like, kind of like generally like, like cannabis and, and health, is it, is it good for you? Is it bad for you? Is it, is it dependent? Uh, what do you think on that? Uh, personally, I don't have any problem with it. I only smoking um, um, socially um, and occasionally when I feel bad, I don't, I don't smoke. Uh, it's, is it only for um, relaxing? And personally, um, I don't have any problem with it and it's not bad for me. Like I don't have any anxiety with it. Uh, it doesn't make me like um, depressed or I never did the psychosis or anything like that. I think it really depends on the person and also on your mindset. Like, let's say if you're in a negative mindset, be aware that that may lead, like that picks up a higher chance of like having like bad buzz and stuff or like just like not feeling good because like mindset is actually like a lot more powerful than we think. And um, it really changes how we, see things it's like wearing a pair of sunglasses or not like you have one that's darker than the other and like the dark like the when you're wearing your sunglasses it's like when it, your mindset's like not so great and then you have like the sunny time which it's like when you're, you're you don't need your sunglasses because like it's not gloomy out that way and like well gloomy dark out kind of but um so because like you're, you're, it's like you're wearing glasses. So let's say if you're wearing already your dark glasses and you smoke weed that like has kind of effects on the brain and like it gives you a certain high. Well, likely chances are, is that you're gonna like bad, like you're gonna like not feel so great while consuming. I would suggest like trying it with like people you trust and like you're with people you trust and that you're like having fun and like you're not like in a negative mindset if ever there comes a time where you do like do consume it just like be aware of all the effects that it can possibly have 
like we don't know them all so like I would definitely do more research on it. If we want to dive into our like uh, official time to ask the expert. I am well, my name is Fernanda and I got my medical degree in 2013. So I studied medicine. I finished my career of medicine and practiced like one year as a medical doctor. And then I came in Mexico because I'm from Mexico. And then I came to Montreal to do a PhD in neuroscience. So more about like, you know, research about the brain. Um, and since uh, I think 2018, I've been like working in the box camp project. So I've been like, um, getting experience in cannabis education and then like learning more about cannabis in a more professional way. Uh, because uh, as doctors, or at least when I went to med school and uh, like cannabis wasn't legal then, so you don't get a lot of information as, as a doctor in, in cannabis in your actual medical, uh, I mean, yes, the risks about cannabis, the basic, you know, the addiction, the dependence, but there's stuff that, uh, it started like it started like the knowledge we have on cannabis on medical cannabis and on cannabis and health started like a little bit later but like now it's been like a couple years after like i've done my phd and i've been doing like this um research and like cannabis um education and um cannabis and health and so i i'd be happy to like uh chat and then talk you already mentioned some like interesting points. Uh, we can talk about general effects of health. We can also talk about cannabis and the brain and uh, cannabis and mental health, whatever you like, whatever comes comes up first. Well, personally, I'm more curious about uh, what's the difference between uh, CBD and THC. So first thing we have to know is that cannabis is a plant that has many, many components. So among, and it has very types, the different types and subtypes and varieties, right? We mostly hear about indica and sativa, but nowadays most plants that we find are hybrid. That makes that they're mixed between sativa and indica and their components can change uh, depending on the strains. So if they have been, you know, there are strains that have been cultivated again and again, and they know that that's some kind of like breed of, of the, of the, herb, right? Uh, and among the, the plants, uh, chemists have identified more than 100 cannabinoids. Okay, so cannabinoids are uh, chemical components that act on our, in a system we have on our body that's called the endocannabinoid system. So basically our body has, uh, produces endogenous cannabinoids so in, in like uh, do you have you heard have you ever heard about endorphins uh yes so endorphins means endogenous morphines so it's components that our body produces that are similar to morphine but like obviously we secrete it in very small quantities and the same happens for cannabinoids we have the system that's the endocannabinoid system so cannabinoids in weed are all the components that will interact with this system in our body. And the two main components that have been most studied and that are present in most types of herb are CBD and THC. Uh, so one of the main differences is that THC binds, uh, like it, it sticks to receptors in our neurons, in our brain. 
So THC is the one that's going to have like a more what we call psychotropic effect. So it would actually change the way uh, our neurons communicate in different areas. And that's what it's going to give us a high. Uh, in the contrary, like CBD does not stick to these receptors of the neurons. Receptors of neurons are kind of like this, you know, they have this structure to recognize a molecule and then that uh, like induces a change in the neuron. Right, so uh, THC binds and in neurons and generates this effect. Well, CBD does not that does does not do that as strongly. CBD kind of modulates the effect of THC in the brain, as I think uh, you previously mentioned or Shana mentioned, and um, but CBD will not give you a high. So CBD can it has been associated to like change your mood or have some effects on mood, but very like subtle and also give you some body relaxation and um, has a lot, a, a, like a bunch of other properties. But the main difference between THC and CBD is that CBD will not give you a high. It's THC that will give you the high and CBD will give you more uh, like what they call, they call it a body high, but what actually happens is like more like muscle relaxation or stuff that is not really uh, happening in, in the brain. Uh, and this also causes to be differences in terms of um, health effects. So as Shana had mentioned before, like THC can, for example, give you anxiety, especially if you use it in very high concentrations. Well, CBD has been shown to counteract this anxiety. And even like when you mix, when you like use uh, cannabis that has both, well, it kind of like balances the effect. So this is uh, like are some of the important differences. And just keep in mind, we'll talk about that later, that there are other components in the weed that will also contribute to the effect. And we often don't talk about them. And even like, you know, in SQDC, he only says how percentage of CBD, the percentage of uh, THC CBD. It won't tell you about these other components that are going on. And those components are going to make it different between strain to strain, you know between like an, I don't know, like an OG Kosh and like uh, uh, AK-47, I don't know, like different strains have different components. And even if, even if they have the same percentage of CBD THC, these other components are the ones that make this the high experience difference. Because sometimes you say, well, this weed has the same amount of THC than this weed exactly, but they give different effects. And that's due to the other components. But for the THC CBD difference, main thing to know is that THC is the one that's going to give you the high and act on your brain. And CBD is more like body related and modulates the effect of THC. Okay. Um, and uh, is there uh, some bad effect? Um, can CBD do bad effects on your brain or body something? So CBD is normally thought to be like more benign than THC, uh, but it does have some like maybe unwanted effects. For example, CBD is more sedative. So if you don't want to like uh, go to sleep and you need to be active, if you use CBD, it may. So you can use it for the good part of it, which is how I need to sleep, I'll take CBD. But you can also like you're, you're you know, using during the day and it will make you more, more sleepy and more like also like slow or tired. Uh, but the main like dangers of weed have been associated to THC and to high concentrations of THC. Okay. 
because kind of like if what we compare what I don't know my parents would consume assuming they were consuming like in the 70s for example and the weed we smoke now it has like 10 times the THC it had back then like the concentration of THC goes progressively higher so nowadays we have a weed that has a lot of concentration of THC and that's more associated to harmful uh, health effects especially in terms of the brain okay um and is it possible to just consuming um, cannabis without THC? Yeah, actually there are some, uh, so we, we call them chemotypes. Chemotypes are the different types of the, the components of the weed. So we have one chemotype that's mostly THC, one that it's half-half, and one that it's mostly CBD. And in uh, I think in, even in SQDC, you get some even the the herb like the dried flower with only cbd and there are a lot of oils that only have cbd and have a very low percentage of thc and people can do this you know to kind of like relax throughout throughout the day but it's not a relaxation like you know when you when you smoke normal weed that has both and it kind of it's more like just like in the body you feel more like calm and then also uh, people take cbd just to to sleep before sleeping um, is it true that we burn, burns uh, brain cells? It's something we often hear, but I never really found the facts. Yeah, no, that's a myth. And that's something that used to be said about alcohol as well. Like it kills brain cells. Every time I remember when I was a, maybe a teenager, it was like every time you drink, I don't know, like tequila or whatever, like some hard liquor, there are actually brain cells that are dying. And it was like, wow, that, that's like, like a strong statement. <laughs> so that means that if every weekend I smoke or I drink, there are, like, are, are there brain cells that are dying or burning? So I think that that's more like something people say like to scare you and like a figure of speech that it could be harmful to your brain. So yes, there is ways in which it can be harmful to your brain, but it's not actually by burning brain cells or, or killing brain cells. Um, so in that sense, that is that is a myth. But it do changes. It does change your brain. I mean, you because re remember that you have this endocannabinoid system. So internal, but this endocannabinoids, you your body releases them in very very small quantities, and they regulate stuff like mood, like the response to pain, like sleep. So if you're uh, ingesting or like using or uh, consuming a substance that is similar to those systems, it means you're changing the normal chemistry of your brain, like when you do consume any kind of, of, of substance. Uh, and, and like the THC and CB, like especially THC is way more potent and we use it in bigger, bigger concentrations than what the body normally produces. So yes, it can change your, the way your, your, your um, brain cells communicate in terms of chemistry, but it won't really like kill cells like every time you you use or, or something like that that's good to know <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah and which is not to say you know there's no risk associated but it's not like okay i smoked oh my god there go three neurons goodbye <laughs> like <laughs> because that would mean that you know for someone that uses very frequently the accumulate the cumulative effect would be that eventually like you know a percentage of your of your brain cells would be dead, which makes yeah. no sense. But does it have a long-term effect on your memory? 
Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, so what has been shown, because we all know that when you are using, when we are using, we do have these effects in short-term memory, right? Like, oh, where, where did I leave my keys? Or why did I come to the kitchen? Or so that's the kind of like we, we call working memory or short-term memory. And that's what you use to like keep information in mind for a short period of time to do a task, right? Yeah. Uh, and of course, when you're using, it impairs uh, that kind of like uh, function. But interestingly, some studies have shown that the effect, not always, but the effect goes away when you stop using. So if you stop, like the, the thing is like many of us, like when we use, we use like not like maybe every day, it doesn't matter how often, but like kind of regularly. And we takes like THC and CBD take like uh long time to get out of your body completely so for example you know that if you were to take a urine test for thc and you consumed uh within the past 28 days you'll probably be positive even though you didn't smoke yesterday or last week so it can stay in your body for a long time it stays in fat cells uh, so people that have more uh fat tissue store it more and then it kind of keeps releasing in small quantities even though you don't smoke. So let's say you smoke and then you stopped and 30, day af 30 days after they start testing your memory again, they see that these effects on short-term memory go away on most people, except for people that starting uh, using very early in life and that used very frequently and that used for like a very high potency Cannabis. In that cases, there might be, you know, uh, a long-term or a more persistent effect in memory because you were using, like, during teenage years, your brain is kind of wiring a lot of stuff and doing using a lot of cannabis in high concentration, THC high concentration during those years can actually change a little bit of the wiring of your brain and that can give you more long-term effects. But if it's, you know, that, that idea of, like, the short-term memory that you forget small things like that that is supposed to go away when you stop smoking after a while of course like when you get rid of it in your system and you start functioning without uh, the, the substance in your brain again something also to keep in mind is that it depends on how much you you exercise your memory right uh, they often say that memory is like a muscle. It's not that it's like a muscle, but it's an analogy to say, like, you know, if you're doing things that stimulate your brain, like reading, learning new things, learning a language, uh, you know, uh, or stuff that you like that uses your, your memory systems, then the effect is going to be like less intense that if you don't. And that's another thing. Like sometimes people that start using a lot of weed very early and have a lot of other problems in their lives, they lose motivation to study, to work, to learn new things. And then it's double. It's not only the effect of the substance, but the fact that you're demotivated to keep uh, your, like, your brain active. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Make a lot of sense, yeah. Why is it that like when you're high that you kind of like function a lot slower than when you're sober? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it actually show like in experiments that like uh, weed reduces your reaction time for like almost everything. And <clears throat> it's supposed to be like, it has many reasons, but one of them is that actually it changes your internal perception of time. 
So it kind of shifts your attention like more inward than outward. So you're kind of like, you know, more attentive to either your thoughts or it can be outward, but you're, you're listening to music or you're doing something else, but it changes this, this like reactions of, you know, there's something that's happening and I immediately move or be like do something to respond to that stimulus. Uh, so it has some effects, for example, in the cerebellum, which is the part that's behind the brain that's important for motor coordination and for responding to stimuli. So its effects in the in the cerebellum have uh, been related to this slowness of reaction time, which is basically one like you're you're perceiving time differently. So everything's going like faster in your head, but everything's going slower outside. So this time perception distortion like makes you act slower. And the other thing is that it also impairs your coordination. So if you have less coordination, you know, the time that it would take you to do like this would be, would be impaired. And this is important because it's one of the reasons why you shouldn't drive high, right? Because it, it impairs your coordination, it slows your reaction times. So maybe you can do your everyday driving normally, but if anything comes out of the ordinary, you're going to be slower and less uh, coordinated to respond. Is it true that um, if you smoke uh, before 25, it will be um, more effective uh, to your brain? Yeah, so that comes back to what we were talking about before when we were talking about memory and we were saying people that start smoking like very at very young ages and uh, that do it a lot and a lot of high potency can have some effects in the brain. So there is research that shows that people that start very early and smoke a lot can have, you know, some, some effects in the development of their brain. We don't have an age and that's something like that I get asked a lot, like which would be an age to, you know, be safe start smoking at what time? So we don't really know. You can't really say there is like a, a um, like an age limit. Uh, so for example, you know that here in Quebec, they change the age, the legal age from 18 to 21. Didn't and you do it in the purpose for your brain to have been developed more? They, like that's what they said, like the, their, their excuse to do this or their, their reason to do this was there are studies that shows that like, you know, if you smoke when you're younger, uh, this can have effects in your brain. But, I mean, people will still smoke, they just buy it outside this QVC, right? I mean, if you're 18 and you want to smoke, you probably were smoking already or using already. Uh, so that's, that's another topic. But the idea is that, yes, if you're very young and you use a lot, that can change the way your brain develops and sometimes affect your cognitive functions. Cognitive functions include memory, uh, language, calculus, everything that you like do to transform information, you know, that's related to intellectual functions, let's say, because your brain also does more like automatic stuff or moving or perceiving. Um, Can it affect your eyesight? I don't think so. Uh, it does. Well, as you know, like when you use, it does affect like the outer parts of your eye. Yeah. Like the conjunctiva and it makes it the conjunctiva is kind of like the layer that you have on top of your eye. It, what becomes red and it opens like the little vessel. So and it can become, make them dry. So you can have blurry vision, but because of the dryness. Okay. So you need to lub lubricate your eye to be able to see clearly. So because of the dryness, you can. And, and also it has been shown that uh, it when you're high, your the peripheral stimuli 
you detect them less. Okay. That's another reason why not to smoke because what is in the periphery, you have less capacity to detect them. Uh, but in the long term, I don't think there's anything that, that suggests that it can affect your eyesight. So you you mentioned, for example, that you didn't know if like what like the idea of does it help for cancer? Oh, that's yeah, right. So I mean, saying that it helps for cancer can mean many things, right? It can mean, as you said, reducing the pain that comes out of cancer, reducing the side effects of chemotherapy, and actually that is one of the main uses of THC. So chemotherapy gives you a lot of nausea and vomiting. Mm-hmm. And THC has been shown to reduce this nausea and vomiting uh, from chemotherapy. So that's one of the main uses. <clears throat> so in that sense, that's why some cancer patients use it. Also THC and combinations of THC-CBD have uh, shown to help with pain. So okay. if you're having pain because of your, your tumor, that helps. But as you were saying, there's no. It, it's not logical to think that it's going to shrink the tumor. It's going to cure cancer. Right. Because curing cancer would mean that these cells that are reproducing and are forming a tumor, they become normal again. So there's no tumor. Uh, so, no, th- that's a myth like, oh, no, yeah, but can, can like only using cannabis, like instead of your chemotherapy or your normal therapy will make you like stop cancer. That's not the case. There are some studies, but this is something that it's interesting because sometimes you hear scientific sh- study shows this or scientific study shows that but you actually don't know what they did in this study. So they, some studies have shown that CBD in vitro, in vitro means like a, pe- a, 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 like a little box with cells. So this is not a person, this is not an organism, this is just cells that they cultivate in a lab. And then they, they, these cells can be forming a tumor. They, like, you know, they have a mutation that makes them be a tumor. And then you add CBD on the Petri dish, so this little box, and it shows to reduce the... Um, the velocity the, that in which these cells reproduce. So that's why some people say, oh, CBD could have an anti-cancer uh, effect, but that's like a very, very, very early stage of research. It's oh. not the same to, you know, test it on some cells than taste it in a real patient or take like what you would really need to know is something that it's called, uh, what you would really need to do to prove the effect of a medication. It's something called a, a randomized control trial. So in which you take a bunch of patients and you give them CBD, a bunch of cancer patients, and you give them CBD and another bunch of cancer patients and you don't give them CBD. And then you compare, you know, yeah. the difference. And you have to do it in a lot, like a big, big, like, for example, that's what they did with for COVID vaccines, right? They tested in 40,000 people and see like what was the effect and if there was side effects or not. So that, of course, gives you a lot more evidence than to say, oh, in this little box with cells, I yeah. added this and I saw this effect. So in terms of, of uh, uses for, for weed, medical uses, the ones that have been shown in like a lot of patients had been tested and, and have been effective are uh, for like the nausea and vomiting caused for, by chemotherapy, chronic pain. And especially chronic pain that's related to like uh, neurological damage, like people that have multiple sclerosis or had a lesion in their spine so they can move anymore their muscles. So they're very stiff. So in that case, it helps. Uh, Some other uh, that have been shown are uh, for CBD, some types of epilepsy in kids uh, that do not respond to other medication. 
respond to CBD um, and which other one? So chronic pain, specificity, nausea and vomiting. And there are some others that are still being re like researched, but these are the main that, that we use it for so far. And it doesn't mean in many cases that you have to take, like stop your other medication and start using CBD or THC. In many cases, they give it like as an extra therapy. <clears throat> or if you weren't responding to another one, you, 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 try, you try this one. For mental health conditions, there's still nothing that really has been proved. They know that CBD can help for anxiety, but it hasn't been tested like in a big group of people with a generalized anxiety disorder. Um, same thing for uh, depression. There's not enough like evidence. So I would never like tell someone to stop taking their antidepressants and take. No, no, definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I, would, I, I would honestly just suggest talk to your doctor about it. Yeah, I mean, and what I exactly, and I also think it's does it's not a replacement or either for therapy or some other type of things that are important for mental health, right? Well, uh, it's like medication; it doesn't replace your therapy. Either. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So mental health is very complex, but for some people, they can say, you know what, it really helps me, especially for people because depression comes with anxiety many yeah. times. Mm -hmm. So for some people, you say, you know, it's like in my within my depression, like it really helps me to relax and, and not be anxious. And that eases my, my depression in some senses. And for me, it's like, if that's the case, you can like, it's, it's okay to still use, like if it's mm -hmm. good for you, uh, but not as a replacement of, you know, as I say, you know, go talk to, to your doctor and everything. And also like, it depends a lot on the type of, of, of weed because weed is very diverse as we discussed. Yeah. So, and that's why it's also hard to study it for as a medication. Because which one are you going to test? Are you going to test the one that's higher on CBD or higher on THC? Uh, and that has all the other components because this weed versus this weed, they change in what they have. Um, but in general sense, there are some like um, these, these conditions we mentioned. Oh, another one is uh, uh, inducing appetite. So, you know, the, the munchies that you yeah. have when you smoke, especially THC. Yeah. THC, this use, you, you can use it for people, for example, that some people that have AIDS have a syndrome in which they don't have, they're not hungry anymore. So kind of like people with eating disorders too. Also, you can also use it. It has also been tried in people with anore like anorexia nervosa. Uh, to try to induce appetite again, because after a while they just like, you know, they're, they're, they're at first it's like, I voluntarily restrict my will to eat. But when it advances, there's a point in which their mechanism of hunger is disrupted. So they don't feel hungry anymore. So they are using it in, in people with uh, eating disorders to try to induce uh, appetite. So that's another um, use of it. Insomnia. Insomnia, yeah. for sure, for sure. That's like very like uh, an everyday use that you know people have used it since since forever. And I don't know if there have been like you know trials that uh, for sleep disorders. I think for CBD there has been a couple of things uh, that have been done for for insomnia. It's not still approved in the US or here for that use, but I, I for sure think there's evidence for insomnia. And that's one of the people that, like, one of the reasons why people use it the most. Yeah. Not only medically, like recreatively, like I wanna sleep and, and uh, also like, because it's different when you take one that has take THC, as you know, it first give you a high and euphoria and you'll be up, but then when it goes down, it's like. I yeah, it's time to crash.
Exactly, but CBD will be more directly, just slowly induce you into, into sleep. All right, and that wraps up this episode. Um, thank you very much to all of our guests as well as um, our expert. And we hope you enjoyed and you learned something about the health aspects. Make sure to tune in next month for an episode on the legal aspects of cannabis and cannabis education.